It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome to the Titans Time Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs. I'm here, as always, with my brother Tyler Staggs. And we are coming off of a Titans loss to a former winless New York Jets team. Um, and we're going to get into all of that. Uh, 27-24, the final score after overtime. But Tyler, go ahead, tell all the listeners and all the people watching on YouTube how they can support the show. Guys. As we desperately need it after this game. <laughs> Guys, if you want to support the show, and gals too, yeah, true, make, true. <laughs> make sure to go check out our merch. We have shirts, phone cases, stickers. Going to be adding hoodies this next week. You know, get getting that time. Need to get some hoodies out there. Absolutely. All you have to do is go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you're following or subscribed. Go down, leave us a five-star rating, leave us some comments, let us know what you think about this game. If you're watching on YouTube, go down. If that subscribe button is red, click it, turn it gray, turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a new video. Also, if you like the video, leave us a like on the video. We really appreciate it. Share the video with your family, friends, other football fans. You know, if you even if you're a Jets fan checking this out, hey, we would have we would appreciate y'all subscribing and liking the video as well. And leave us some comments. Let us know your thoughts on the game, who you think's to blame. We're gonna be getting into that more, but Tanner, tell them where they can find us on social media. Yes, make sure you're following us on social media. On Twitter, it's Titans underscore time, on Facebook, Titans Time, and then on Instagram titans time podcast okay let's get into this talk i mean honestly just talk about this brutal brutal loss to the new york jets and i want to first and foremost just come out and say 100 percent props to the new york jets for being ready as as much as the jets can be ready and i i can't really say anything bad about them because obviously they just beat the titans but, but huge props to them for being ready to capitalize on this. And honestly, defensively, uh, they played a great game. Offensively, the rookie Zach Wilson, he still had some bumps and bruises along the way. Also some great plays, but just props to the Jets all around because they just flat out came and beat the Titans. And I did not give them the, the credit coming into this that they deserved. Well, 
I'm going to say part of that is, I mean, this is not the Titans team that we've seen play I, the last, I, the last personally, game and a half. I think the Jets just came out and beat the Titans, I and think, that's what I'm – I think the Titans played down to their opponent. The Jets' defense, we talked about this on our preview, they're good. We gave them that. The offense, I I just think it was more poor play on our defense in the second half. And, I mean, the Jets' offense came out and they made plays. They Zach Wilson was able to connect on some deep balls that he hasn't been hitting on this year. The Titans were not able to get enough pressure on him. Before I dive into it more, shout out to Jacob Patterson, big Jets fan. He thought that they could pull this game the out. The man called it. He, I, he he called it. I'll I'll give it to him. I'm still pissed off about this game. Uh, I mean, we're just recording it a couple hours after it ended. And even if even if we would have hit that field goal in overtime, it would have been a tie. Which it, it would have been a tie. To me, which, honestly, just. I would have rather them just go for the win and take a shot there because I would have been even more mad, I feel like, about a tie. I don't know that I would have been. Even though it would have been better in the standings. I, about uh, say, standing, I still, I, you don't tie with the Jets. You either beat the Jets or you play a piss-poor game. And the Jets also at the same time come out and play their best game of the season and you lose to the Jets. That's the point that I was going to get to. Standing-wise, it would look better. But either way, it still sucks whether you tie with the Jets or you or you lose to the Jets like we did. It sucks. Well, and let's not forget to mention that this is very deja vu like. Um, I mean, we're talking about a Titans team that was finally starting to get some momentum that just lost to one of the so far this season, and I think that they can turn it around, and you'll start to see a little bit more of this from the Jets. But so far this season, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Very deja vu like last season. Look back to the Bengals game, and there I, were—I mean, there were a couple things that you were deja see vu-like. a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. There were a couple of things. For one, we wore—and this is yes, just being superstitious. But we wore the navy jerseys with the white pants. Well, that I we saw wore, someone point that out that we wore last year against the Bengals when we got beat, but. And someone pointed that out on Twitter prior to the game. I can't remember who it was. But But then our offensive line looked like they were back to week one. I mean, our offense, I don't know if it's on Tannehill. I don't know if it's on the offensive line, who it's on. But they cannot pick up the blitz to save their life. Tannehill sacked seven times today. He's been sacked 17 times this season. I think Zach Wilson was the most sacked quarterback going into this game at 15 the Titans got him down one time, and now Tannehill is the most sacked quarterback. And how does that league. make you feel? It pisses me <laughs> off. It really does because part of him I do believe is on him because he's standing back there holding on to the ball when he needs to be audible to a hot route. Get do some quick crossing routes. Don't take these. Don't sit back there waiting on these long developing routes when you know that they're bringing pressure. You, you don't have time for that. If you're going to do that, find a way to get out of the pocket and use your legs. Well, we certainly segued into what what I had planned on being the first segment uh, uh, or the first <laughs> portion of the podcast, just talking about the offensive line, obviously. Absolutely terrible game. Tannehill's, as you mentioned, sacked seven times, which is, is not great. And you don't win football games doing that. And it obviously reflects. I mean, they just – the Jets' defense um, – I think they're a really good defense, to be honest. I mean, I think they 
are at least a mid-level defense in the NFL, if not better. And if they would have had Marcus May today, like we had had mentioned on the preview, it was huge that he was out. And it still was huge that he was out because had they had him, it could have been even worse. Um, well, you made a good point when we were watching the game. It was, and this goes back to the Titans play calling because I feel like the play calling sucked, especially on offense. When you're talking about Derrick Henry growing so much in his pass catching abilities, but yet you turn around and every third down, it seems like he's out of the game. And especially earlier in the game, when Ben Jones goes out with an injury, you have Aaron Brewer, who I'll give him credit, his first snap in, I was nervous because I thought, okay, it's his first snap in the game, go under center, make it easy. It was shotgun. I was like, great, don't, don't let anything bad happen. First little bit, it went fine. But then you get down, and I wanted to point this out because it was when the Titans were up, uh, when they ended up going up six to nothing. They should have had a touchdown on this drive, but you get down to the Jets' 11. It's a third and one. Derrick Henry is off the field, and you're lining up in shotgun, and the snap goes over Tannehill's head, and we have to settle for a field goal. Why? Why in that short yardage situation is Henry off the field when his pass catching has improved? And you, in that do scenario, do you know how many times he was targeted today? I don't. To, off the he, top of my head, he was targeted twice, and he caught both of them. In, in my opinion, now granted, in that situation, you said it was a third and it was a third and one. Third and one. In that situation, Derrick Henry should have been in the game, and they should have been in either an eye formation, some formation where Tannehill's under center and about to hand it to Derrick Henry running downhill. Straight exactly. at the center. That, that's the point that I'm making. When you get to a third and short like that, I, I'm i not saying he has to be out there for every third down. If it's a third and ten or longer, has he proven that he has the ability to be out there? Yes. But if you want to bring him out on that and put McNichols in, because McNichols had a hell of a day catching That's exactly the point that I was going to get to. And I agree with you here about Derrick Henry should have been in the game. But other th- than, than third that, and, though, third, third, and four, third and five, third and four, third, anything longer than that, Jeremy McNichols was great. It, I mean, he, he was, was the best receiver today for the team. That's what I'm saying. Just third and five or shorter, put your best player out there on the field, even if he's just a decoy. Right. He, he makes a difference. Yeah, I agree. Um, but hey, Jeremy McNichols. Um, while we're on the topic, eight for seventy-four. Uh, I mean, our he leading really, receiver. Yeah, leading receiver. He stepped up uh, in scenarios where you couldn't get anyone open because obviously AJ Brown out, Julio out. How big of a difference did that play? Off the top of my head, I can't tell you. What I well, do know is that the Tennessee Titans, and I mentioned this during the game. They were still trying to play football as if they had that receiver that you could throw the ball up to in one-on-one coverage. And they just, on passing downs, that's still what they were trying to do. You can't do that. That's the point that I was trying to get to earlier when I got distracted with the play calling and that one drive that really stood out to me is I was going to give you credit for that. They did not change their game plan to match the skill set of the receivers that they were going to have out there. I, these guys are not your one-on-one coverage beaters. Like, they're not just going to sprint down the field and beat their guy. 
come up with some creative route trees for them or route combinations, crossing routes, just something to help them out to get that separation. Because I had mentioned Josh Reynolds is, he is not that receiver that you're going to send into the back of the end zone with one man on him. You're going to throw it up and he's going to go up over them and and catch it over the top, come down, get two feet in, just an amazing catch. He, that's not the guy that he is. He was in L.A. and or with the Rams and still is a possession receiver. And when you saw him have a lot of his success on his six catches for 59 yards, especially getting towards the end of the game when he had some pretty clutch catches on some of their drives, you saw him run those those more possession-type routes, those out routes, those different different routes that are more fit to what he is used to doing and what he's had success doing. And I just feel like, uh, especially with Nick Westbrook and with Josh Reynolds, they tried to just take those guys and fit them into the role that you would have had A.J. Brown and Julio play in. Obviously, much less volume other than in late game, other than one, once the game got into the later portion, obviously they had to start passing more more. But I mean, with lower volume, essentially, they just tried to still do the same thing. I mean, they just weren't throwing it as often, but when they were, it was like, okay, you know, this this play worked for AJ, so we're gonna have Nick Westbrook on a one on one coverage and you know, he's gonna catch it. Well, no, he's not. I mean, at least 75 or more percent of the time he's not so to me it was just it seemed almost I don't know a little bit lazy is is maybe a good term for it but it it was just it didn't work obviously no it didn't and again just all around this was a bad game our offense I feel like did not play up to up to par with what we we expect from them even with our top two receivers out they they didn't go out and do what they needed to do in the first half. Then second half, our defense started giving up the the long ball down the field. I mean, we let Zach Wilson get out of the pocket, escape the pressure, and coverage down the field just shit the bed, and there's guys wide open down there. Let Corey Davis, who I think hit, in his time with the Titans only had one touchdown over 50 yards, let him beat us for a 50-something yard touchdown. I mean, come on. Great now. play by Zach Wilson, though. In, like, for a, for a rookie quarterback, I know this is really, <laughs> like, making your head explode right now. But I just have to say, to roll out of the pocket, look downfield, and recognize what was happening, send Corey Davis down the field and place it perfectly. For a rookie to have that Dude, presence. I mean. Or, or that IQ of telling him to do that, realizing that what was going on. That is the Zach Wilson that I was talking about but, coming into this season. He could have been the best rookie quarterback, you know. Watching that play back again, when he does that, when you're seeing it from the view behind him, you look at Jenkins, and granted, he wasn't the one that was on Davis. Right. I believe it was Borders, which I still don't understand why Fulton got moved into the slot when he's been playing so well on the outside, matching up against these top receivers, you know, for the other team. I feel like he was containing Corey Davis pretty well. He did give up one catch that I know for sure to him for a big game. But why move him to the slot? Why not keep him out there? But going back to this play, Jenkins sprints downfield when he sees Corey Davis, you know, ahead of borders, 
And it looks like all Jenkins would have to do is maybe come to his left a little bit and maybe he can make a play on the ball. That could just be me thinking that. But from the view we had, I'm like, he, he just stays towards the sidelines instead of coming over to try and make a play on it. So, and I do want to point out, as with any NFL game, I mean, the officiating is not going to be perfect. You would like to see after the pass interference call that they had on Crookshank. You go back and look at some of the plays that the Jets' defensive backs had on Titans receivers, and you're like, okay, why is there not a flag there? But, again... Well, they had the one that was huge in overtime that that gave them the first down. I mean, it was finally nice to get that. But the deep shot to Reynolds earlier in the game, which he should have brought in anyway. I mean, he got his hands on it. I felt like it was a perfectly placed ball by Tannehill. And he just he dropped it. But the cornerback was on him three yards before the ball got there. I mean, you can't tell me that that didn't that that's not interference. The corner's not turning back looking for the ball. No, he's just he's on his back. But again, I'm not gonna dive too far into that because the Titans offense should have put this game away early. Yeah, they, they absolutely should have. Wor- um, worst case, they should have been up seventeen nothing. They they definitely could have had this game put away by halftime. And I believe it was Kevin Byard that I saw from his pre- press conference actually made note of that. Um, I mean, he said even if a team is zero three in the NFL, this is essentially what he said. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, even if a team is zero three, like that does not mean they're a bad team. And I agree with that. I think that. I'm guilty of this from the game preview and for just from going into this game. The New, the New York Jets are a team that ha, they yes, they have played some bad football games, but A, they played with the Carolina Panthers, which is something that I completely just neglected coming into this. They have played two bad games, yes. I don't think they're a bad football team. Um, and I, I'll Byron, say this, as far as the... Owen three teams going into this week, I did not think that they were the worst Owen three team. I mean, Bard said that they had opportunities to put it away early, should have put it away early, and I one hundred percent agree. Um, I mean, you had Christian Fulton's interception, his first of the season, and the commentators kept trying to kind of make the excuse, "Oh, Corey Davis slipped." Christian Fulton had that interception, no matter if Corey Davis slipped or not. If you go back and watch that. As soon as Corey Davis goes to start his break, Fulton has the inside leverage on that. He already he read it. He knew it was coming. Yeah, he made a great play. So, but instead of getting a touchdown off of that, what do they get? Uh, just a field goal, I believe. Yep. So, I mean, chances to put the game away early and just didn't capitalize on it. But want to take a little break from just kind of giving an overview of the game. And let's go ahead and segue into our best bet segment because this was definitely not uh, my my week for that. No, it, it <laughs> certainly wasn't. And we're going to get into that. And this is why I say this is not betting advice. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> a great thing to say before we pretty much look back at our picks for this week and update the leaderboard as well. Yeah. Before yeah, yeah. we do that... Uh, make sure that and you know. So this best bet segment is presented by DraftKings. 
And if you're following our bets, make sure that you're doing it with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week obviously is over, considering we're about to go back. Or the, the whole week is not over, but since we're about to go back and look at our bets, and um, we won't be giving new bets until the game preview show for the next game against the Jaguars. So make sure that you're tuning in for that and, and checking out our bets. If you're, if you're going to follow us, make sure you also take advantage of this offer because new customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and receive $100 in free bets if either team scores a point at all. It scores one point. Just for the record, the last time that there was a tie, 0-0, zero to zero, was in 1943. Wow. So pretty sure you could say that you're going to get your $100 in free bets there. Um, if the sports book, is, if it's not available in your state yet, there's still daily fantasy sports, cash prizes. Make sure you go and play those. I mean, it's always fun to play a fantasy football lineup and potentially be able to make some money for it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So let's get into these bets for this best bet segment. And I'm just, before I'm, before coming into this week, tied one to one. So just we were. to put that out there, and you can go ahead and I, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and get my two L's out there because I mean, go ahead, I, come on. Look, you can't give me too much crap over this because you agreed that you thought my bets were good, but I this. didn't pick them. I you had them. <laughs> I seen your notes. You had them down. So don't even give me that. But my two bets were that the the Titans' first half spread, that minus three and a half. All they had to do was be up by four or more. That's all they had to do. And they ended up nine to seven. Like, see, that's where those touchdowns would have really exactly, came in handy. Exactly. And then I also said that I was going to take the under on the points, under 44 and a half, because... Yeah. I thought the Titans would probably score 20-something, and I didn't think the Jets would come close to 20. I'll just be honest with you. Didn't think their offense was going to start clicking this week to do that. So, yeah, my two were way off. Uh, and then for me, um, you know, I thought that the Titans, favored by six points, would would cover that spread. Obviously, lost the game, so that's impossible. Um <laughs> That one was a big L, but I will say Ryan Tannehill over 203 and a half yards hit on that one. He ended up with like 298, I think. So I'm still at 50%. I'm moving to two and two and you are one and three. So I've got that little bit of a lead on you there. You do. Uh, and it was, it was just one of those things where luck was not on my side this week. I agree. I agree. All I needed was some touchdowns. I'm, I'm tell, I believe if the Titans score those touchdowns on the first two out of the three drives, I don't think the Jets come back and even. I, I believe you get your other bet right. I agree. Uh, yeah, the, I think that I think six. that would have put the game away. Um, so, but again, that's why we say when we jump into these segments that this is not betting advice because. If you took what I said as advice. Because Tyler is a degenerate. <laughs> so you, I will now take the crown 
for the better better and we will continue on into the next week where uh, that, I'll extend my lead. That's okay because I still have the crown of bold predictions right now. Okay. So, and just looking over here because... Well, I hang thought, on, hang on, hang on. There, there is something else okay. that I do want to get into first. Um, I wanted to, to put out one positive note about this game. Uh, if you care about individual stats and not just about the Titans winning, Derrick Henry, 33 rushes, 157 yards, and a touchdown. A great game by him. Another game of a lot of usage. But, hey, I mean, we talked about that on the game preview show. Uh, not, I mean, it's okay. Keep well, keep putting him out there. We did talk about this, but this was one of those games where I thought, okay, the Titans will go up early enough and buy enough that fourth quarter, maybe Henry doesn't have to play. He can take it a little bit easy. Rest up for when he gets to go to Jacksonville and tell him daddy's home. But... <laughs> You know, that that didn't happen. Interesting choice of words there. Um, (laughs) But, hey, 157 yards. I mean, he had a great game. And if you care at all. Averaging almost five yards a carry. If you care at all about individual stats, that puts him up over 500 for the season. And now on pace for 2,167 and a half, actually, if you can get half yards in the NFL. (laughs) But 2,167 yards on the season is what he's on pace for right now. But – I'm going to say this. Looking at it, we know Derrick Henry does not care about individual stats. He, no, cares, I, he cares about that team winning. I and, agree, although I do have a bet for him to beat the seasonal season Russian record. So um, <laughs> if he could end up doing that, I mean, that would be great. Speaking of some bets, this was off to the side. Unfortunately, they did not use DraftKings for this, but – Two of our friends, Drake and Jacob, had a little friendly bet going on. Jacob said that Henry would not touch 150 total yards. Said that he, he would. He did that just by rushing. Exactly. Jacob. He said he would be under, and Drake said, "You know what? I'll take that bet. He'll go over that." And Drake won ten dollars off of it. So, I mean that. If you want to look at Fortunately some, for Jacob, he used DraftKings and won a lot more than that on the Jets winning. So. Well, I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> but Anyways, I'm, yeah, let's well, continue on. Something I was going to jump into earlier is it looks like no one else's bold prediction come true this week. I know mine didn't. I think I said that Tannehill would have four total touchdowns, three passing, one rushing. Can't remember what yours was. I exactly. said that the Titans would win by a oh, lot yeah. of points. You said that they would, uh, I believe it was – Quadruple, quadruple the spread the spread and then even went on to make it 24 nothing 24 nothing so Titan, the Titans did score 24 points by the way so <laughs> one half of that score prediction correct I, I, I had my half of the score prediction correct I said Titans 24 as well and we were at least on to something no we were so just looking at going back and looking at looking at some of the other bold predictions Titans Rossi said that there would be that Mason Kenzie would see some action he he wasn't out there unless you count uh, people seeing him in pregame, just on the sidelines doing a little work. Uh, Titans Mafia said that, that technically is some action. <laughs> <laughs> I think he meant game action though. Nah. Um, Titans Mafia said that the Titans defense would hold Cor- hold Corey Davis under fifty receiving yards, and said Christian Fulton. A little bit he, off on that one. He had one hundred and eleven, I believe mainly coming off of that 53-yard catch. Um, 
Carrie said that no sacks allowed. Very off. Ve- Sorry, <laughs> very Carrie. off. On Sorry, that Carrie, one. but the- um, Drake said that Henry would have over two hundred and twenty-five total yards, and he. I mean, he had 170. He was close on that one. So he had 170. Props to Drake. Probably the closest seven. of the bold predictions that missed here. Well, not necessarily because Jacob said that he doesn't count. Zach Wilson would have more passing yards and a better passer rating than Tannehill. And he was one yard off. Uh, he he was very close. One on y- that. I forgot that that was his prediction. And he also said that Corey Davis had more yard total yards than Henry. That didn't happen. And Spencer came in with Henry 148 total yards, one touchdown. He would have had it if he would have just kept that. But he added Chester Rogers two touchdowns and a Ryan Tannehill rushing touchdown, which makes it bold. I mean, it, it to does. say 148 for Henry is not necessarily all exactly bold. because that was some stuff we went over last year and kind of trying to cheese it a little bit, and, right? But now getting back to the game, just to recap a little bit more. Like I said, first half that's pretty much on our on our offense. I feel like because our defense was doing good, they did let the Jets go down, score a touchdown before half. But second half is when the Jets really opened it up. Yeah, I mean, it was just – I was optimistic going into the second half. And then to come in and see Zach Wilson sort of completely turning his game around. And granted, he still made some rookie mistakes in that second half, still made some bad throws, whatever. I mean, there was one that – had his throw been accurate, Christian Fulton was taking it for six. True. And, and, hey, that's an instance where him not being accurate saved him there. But there was also a couple of Ryan Tannehill throws that were like that as well. True. Where if the defender would have been paying attention, he could have. Oh, there were several <laughs> instances where um, the the New York linebacker, Williams, could have probably ended the game with yeah, like a that, pick six. That's the guy that I was talking about. So – at any point, had he not been worried about absolutely murdering Jeremy McNichols, then he probably just could have ended the game whenever. But, I mean, Zach Wilson, honestly, I want to give him props because he played really an excellent second half for in comparison to how he's been playing the rest of the season. He did. I mean, the Jets come out. He had time, and he used his legs to his advantage. I mean – I thought the Titans were going to be able to get back there, get pressure on him. And the thing that I pointed out is it seemed like a lot of the times when he had been sacked, it was because he was holding on to the ball too long. These plays, he held on to the ball for a while, but the Titans' secondary gave in before the pass rush could get to him. And a lot of times he would just run away from the pass rushers out of the bucket. Yeah, I so mean, so um, it, 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 was, it was tough watching that. Um, and he ended up with a 97.3 rating, whereas Tannehill with an 85.2. So, Like we said, Jacob was close. He was just awfully more close. Passing yards. Now, he was one yard away from him, from him tying it. So. Well, I mean, really, he was just the Jets scoring the touchdown in overtime away from him yeah. because Tannehill wouldn't have got any more passing yards. Right. So, But, again, I, as we've been talking about it, I've calmed down a little bit more about this game. It Thankfully. Thankfully, because I really thought I, we were gonna have I, a scene right some, in the middle of the show. I, I had some blood vessels in my head earlier that felt like they were about to explode, and I'm still not happy because this is a game we shouldn't have lost. 
But that, I mean, the, hey, what now? What can you do about it? You know? Nothing. You just you have to. They have to fix the problems. We cannot keep playing down the teams. We're facing a O and four Jaguars team next. Also week. a sleeper team though. They, Trevor Lawrence played a great game against that, the Bengals. That's another thing I was going to throw out. We need to go down there and take care of business and at least win our division games because after that game, things. Don't get any easier. Buffalo has been just raking every single team over the coals. Buffalo, who after last year, you know they're going to be looking for revenge. Then Kansas City. And then is it the uh, Colts again right after that? I can't remember, to be honest. Sound That sounds right. I, uh, I believe uh, – yeah, I believe it would be. Because – Yep, yeah, it's Colts, the Colts, Colts game. And then the who, Rams. Who just got their first win against the Dolphins. So, I mean, again, this stretch is not easy. I was hoping we would go into that Buffalo game 4-1. and one. Now we have to be hoping for 3-2 and two, and that we can either steal one from them or from Kansas City. Which is going to be really, really tough. So we'll it, see how things go. It is. But to kind of end this on a positive note, I want to know players that you thought – played well today for the Titans? Um, I thought that, to be honest, I was actually pretty pleased with what I saw from Josh Reynolds. Um, I think in a context where you see A.J. Brown and Julio out there and there's not so much focus on him, I think he really carves out a role there and, and can really play well. Okay. Anyone else? Um. Because I, I kind of have a list of guys that I'm going to get into. and I'll let you go ahead chance. I'll let you go ahead and take that over. Okay, so Derek Henry. He oh, well, was, obviously. Uh, I, I, I'm starting from the most obvious and going down here. Derek Henry, he, he did his thing. He did what was asked of him. I mean, the only thing he could have done better was if he would have broke that one run in overtime for a touchdown. But, I mean, you're putting a lot on his shoulders there. Jeremy McNichols. He did what we needed him to do in catching the ball. I mean, it. my opinion, it's kind of bad when you have a running back that leads your team in receiving yards. I agree. Now, jumping over to the defensive side of the ball, Harold Landry. Yeah, he played a great game. He is still getting good pressure on the quarterback. He's making plays, not just getting after him, but even outside in coverage. I mean, he, he's doing good. And Danico Autry. Yeah, he made a huge, huge play in overtime. Uh, he he made several big plays for tackles for loss and everything else. So those are guys that I feel like really stepped up. Fulton, he had an all right game. But it was not what we had been seeing from him. And part of that comes, I think, from him maybe being moved to the slot. Do want to talk about Jenkins, though. I thought you said you want to end this uh, on a well, positive I, note. I did say that, but after I got and now you just it, want to get pissed off again before you <laughs> you go back and and watch no. Tom Brady and the New England, New England Patriots tonight, which is going to be interesting. That doesn't affect me. Uh, okay, <laughs> asshole. I'm just <laughs> interested to watch some good football. And watch Tom Brady come back. But. I, I'm guessing you didn't see Vrabel's press conference the other day. Um, they asked him. Jim White asked him about uh, Brady heading back up to Foxborough to play the Patriots, and Vrabel just told him that. 
that doesn't affect me. That's why <laughs> I miss a lot of Rabel's press conferences, but I love being able to tune in every now and then and listen. Because the other day, I can't, I believe they were asking him about David Long, and I can't remember who asked him the question, but they were like, could you see him, you know, kind of carving out a role for himself as, as a starter? <laughs> and he said, well, he started the past two games. Um, I think that that would qualify him as a yeah. starter. <laughs> so, because it's a game where Vrabel's trying to get the team ready for the Jets, and they're asking him about the Patriots and Bucks. Tom Brady, and he, you know, that, that has nothing to do with me. Like, yeah, I played with him, but oh well. Like, right. that that's not where I'm at now. But Jenkins, he just, I've been kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's been able to come up when shorter routes have been ran and make the tackle. Like, he doesn't let the guy get by him. But this playing 10 yards off the receivers again. Well, it well, wasn't him that was doing that last year necessarily. So, But we, uh, it, it, we, that, show, that goes to show that it has to be something that's being coached to them. But all, that's not what's being said in the press conference because in, especially in the thir- third and short situations, Vrabel has come out and said that's not something we're coaching. For them to be that far off, why does it consistently? I, why I is it a trend among the Titans' defensive backs? Then I, I don't know. I, I really don't. But there was a play early in the game where Davis got his first catch, and I told you about this earlier. I called what he was going to do. I seen how far Jenkins was back. I said, He's going to run an out route right past the sticks, and guess what he did? He ran an out route wide open. We we can't keep having that. He needs to come up and play physical with these receivers at the line of scrimmage. And honestly, he's he's looking a tad slow, so maybe that's why he's not. But then he also got beat on another deep pass today because he just wasn't set and ready. The defense was still making some adjustments, and the the rookie took advantage of it. Something we would expect to see from maybe Aaron Rodgers, where he catches the defense lacking. No, a rookie quarterback done it. So really, I, just decided to go in on Jenkins right before we close out the show. But I, I just I felt like I needed to get it out there, or else I was just going to keep it, you know, inside until we get to the Jaguars preview, and then it was going to come out there. So might as well touch on it now. Again, we will end it on a positive note. Guys that look good: Henry, McNichols, Altry, Landry, and you say. Um, Josh Reynolds. Right. And I mean, hey, this there's still a lot of season to go. So I feel like that is a positive and optimistic thing to, Just, to leave on. There's a lot of season left. And listen, one loss is not going to define everything. If this team is good enough to make it deep in the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl, there's still the opportunity for that to happen. Just got to get back. And if, on there's, the- if there's not, the NFL will, will – Come again next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. So, hey, see, no, I'm I'm not taking that approach. We need to start winning games and taking care of business because, and that's Luke, why you're unhappy on Sundays. And I'm, I, I'm, I can't help it because I'm I, content. Do you think when you look at this team on paper, do you consider them a contender for the Super Bowl? I consider them so like tier two for the Super Bowl. But so like, you consider that they are a contender under the right circumstances. Yes. Okay. When you lose a game like this that you should win, that that makes it tough to stay in that category. That's why the 
the national media discredits us. I mean, this is a game we should have won no matter what. I usually am not the one going in on the team like this. Usually you're the more pessimistic one. Well, that so doesn't I, mean that I go but, in on any – I mean – But if this if this game – I typically me off to that do. Point, I, I, although I have a more sometimes realistic – I'm not going to use the word pessimistic, but realistic outlook on things going in, I also tend to kind of brush it off easier after a loss. That that may be true, but maybe my passion for the team just burns a little bit. Hey, that more that also <laughs> could very well be true. I mean, but you know, either way, we're riding and dying with this team, no matter what wins, losses. I mean, we've been with them even through the two and fourteen seasons. We're not yeah. going to leave them now, and I do think that they can turn it around. But we can't keep playing down to teams like we did today. That's the biggest thing for me, and that's what pisses me off, is if the Jets would have just come out and played their absolute best game ever and we played our best game and they beat us, okay, it is what it is. But when we played down to a team, I don't believe this was the best game the Jets could have played. They had several mistakes that they that they made. Well, they played just good enough to win. Right, but that's what I'm saying. We played down to their standards. So, or did but, they play up just enough to win the game? May have been a combination of both. I mean, who knows? But either way, Titans will turn it around. Let's move forward to Jacksonville. That's where our thoughts are going to be this week as we get ready for our game preview. And hopefully we see another division win by the Titans this weekend, this next weekend. Make sure you tune in sometime towards the end of this week for the game preview video. Uh, over the Titans and Jaguars game. Hopefully the Titans can pull out a division win there. Um, hope you guys have enjoyed this show. Let us know what you what side you kind of stand on, the more ranting type <laughs> or the, hey, I mean, the Jets just really played a great game. So let us know down in the comments or on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any hey, of those. Everyone deals with the game in a different way. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, so let us know how you deal with it. Is that better? Is that a better way there to put it? Go. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks for watching or listening. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.